Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator, and I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson, broadcasting from high in the basement. Well, low in the basement, Eddie. Yeah. That, too. Unless you're upside down. Well, technically, when you really think about it, the perspective of Don't the brain and all that, and everything's upside down, technically. Go. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode, and introducing one, a returning co-host, a two-timer now, now you're a three-timer, and a first-timer... Well, go right ahead, gentlemen. Uh, Doug Garnum from Haven for Heroes. Uh, you know what it is. Before we get into Elton. <laughs> and uh, also introducing. Sean Lewis. Uh, I write comic books sometimes. <laughs> Before we get into properly introducing them, too, because I, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. I had pizza. I'm out of it. That's all it takes? Yeah. Damn. Okay. That is true. The delightful John. Delightful, delectable something john sherburn i don't know before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode we also want to tell y'all at home how you can get a hold of us on social media go ahead or how just not that version of how <laughs> but before we do <laughs> go on facebook at facebook.com slash the marvelous and also on instagram at the marvelous and same with twitter and also follow myself peter melnick podcaster on twitter at peter melnick on instagram and facebook and yourself instagram as eddie 9193 i don't i don't know why you made a yummy sound did you like it <laughs> yummy mommy it's this it is the season even though it's not available hasn't been available for a long time what are we even doing god but before we get into that also <laughs> this is a fun one so far isn't it uh-huh <laughs> You, you, these guys, this is my favorite part. <laughs> you can uh, the opening. Yeah. <laughs> After that, nah. <laughs> well, how dare you, sir? I, not so much. Okay. But before, oh, gosh, darn it, golly, G Willikers, we're also going to tell you all at home how you can listen to the show. There's a wide variety. How we're on Spotify, which got recently fixed, so you can listen to any episode of The Marvelous on Spotify, even the newest episodes. Even the one that I'm on. Exactly. Oof. Exactly. All three of them now. <laughs> Collect them all. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. I was told, by the way, I look like a hot Ash Ketchum. I don't know how that... Like, that can... Did Michelle Knotts tell you that? Did the voice of Jesse from Team Rocket tell you that? Was she wearing red? Yeah. Well, no, she had red hair. Glasses. Was she wearing a red shirt? No. Oh, Flowery no. pattern? No. She's, no. she's very talk- talkative. I love that no one will accept it wasn't her. <laughs> That's the best of this. He's like, no, the person you're describing is not this person. He's like, no, trust me. She has glasses? <laughs> definitely her. It was, it was definitely her. No, it wasn't. Shout out Michelle Nuts. Well, anyway, I'm hot, hot Ash Ketchum, but also you can find us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Pod, Bean, iTunes, and remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share on iTunes. If you are ever so inclined. You will give us five stars, but remember, four stars and below just don't work. It's like an ice cream machine at McDonald's. It's broken. It's not available. McFlurry. McDonald's, please, God Almighty, give us a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Anything. He's trying. He so is trying. I'll get fat again for you guys. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'll be the poster child of diabetes. <laughs> he legally changed his name to Fatter Melnick. <laughs> Yikes. Oof. Do it a big oof. No, that was not, that was not the voice of Jesse. As I show Peter a picture, uh, those but not pictures heard. are now being shown of this person. It was not okay <laughs> for the audio. Podcast. It is confirmed. Okay, but Woo! like I said, man, I, th- I think I think that's about it. So we'll just segue into the episode. If you want to hear the uh, regular intros, just listen to another episode or something. I don't know. <laughs> just remember WolverinePodcast.com. Sign up with the promo code. Marvelous. And get one free month of Stitcher Premium, also four ninety nine a month. Cancel at any time. It's four hundred and ninety nine pennies. They are after. Mm-hmm. So guys. Welcome. Ladies and gentle thems. We're here to kill the Batman. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what? Yes. We want to kill the Batman. Who? Oh, wrong company. Oh, sorry, that is the distinguished competition. We want to <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the funniest thing is when we had uh, Chip, the graphic designer Chip Kid, he was like genuinely shocked he never heard that expression. I'm like, yeah, you've never heard that? No, I have not. I'm like, wow. So I wanted to like take credit for it, but I'm like, Stan Lee did it. I'm giving Stan Lee credit for something. He normally steals credit. <laughs> it's a, I realize, yes, I love Stan. You're the best, Stan. Stanley Manley. But he's definitely Stan Lee. Yes. Know. Excelsior, true believers. Eddie. Yes. How are you? It's the show over already? Excelsior. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it, we're done. Chop. So, guys. Port Jervis Fan Fest. Let's yes. go there, huh? We just wrapped up a panel with Sean, Al Nickerson, and Robert Geronimo, which, by the way, is such a fun name. That is such a fun name. Especially when you yell his last name and you're jumping somewhere or something, I suppose. Now, I never... No. Uh, I don't know. Well, you don't yell, failed, okay? When you chop down a tree, do you yell Geronimo? No. No, you just grunt. Thank you. Okay. Because you're extenuating arms, yeah, Ke- muscles. Kesha taught me that if it, if it's going down, you yell timber. Correct. That's the, that's Ta- the Kesha. That's it. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It's going. TikTok. Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yelling timber. No. no. Yeah. With the microphone you. in me, Sean. You're not singing it. Oh God, no. Doug rocking the jazz, rocking you're the, the, the timber. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's the rule. <laughs> so guys, Kesha girl, mm-hmm. we are joined here, like I said, to kill the Batman and talk about comic books, and it's been. It's been, I've been wanting to get you for a while for the show. Now, let's talk comics. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about thumbs. All they're, right. on, they're on our hands. They're not considered fingers, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> but they are a fantastic miniseries currently being put out by Image. And yes, we realize that's not Marvel, but we celebrate comics here. I so. like it. I was wondering. I was like, I was also happy to just talk X-Men and Chris Claremont the whole time. Oh, <laughs> oh and you can talk to the number one burn victim over here, by the well, way. Well, the one, number one in the room here, yeah, maybe. Which, by the way, but I... But great, great stuff. I was talking to Al Nickerson about that, too, as I bought a copy of his Sword of Eden book. We're actually going to be uh, doing New York Comic Con. I'll be there, and I'm trying to get a uh, John Byrne signature for Eddie. Just, that's... Oh, nice. Get hidden, the... Uh, shut yeah, the yeah, front you door. Reali- you kind of should realize this by now that I'm probably going to do something like that. That's no, the, that's I didn't know about it. <laughs> I didn't know about a burn appearance, let alone a burn autograph. Yeah, you did. I told you. I gave oh. you the link. You're like, oh man, the one time I'm not able to go, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you have to buy an IDW book, and that's your present from me to you, Eddie. <sighs> Thank you very much. Well, if I can do it, I probably won't be able to, though. I don't know. That's that's that's. <laughs> I've heard this before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why should I be excited now? <laughs> Peter, Indian giver, Melnick. <laughs> How? No, we're not going to do that bit again. <laughs> I mean, who? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a rearrangement of three little letters. The World Health Organization? There you go. 
Doctor. <laughs> anyway. Let's Swing and a miss, Peter. <laughs> so thumbs. They're not on the hands. It's how's worked out. <laughs> so, yeah. So What's thumbs about? <laughs> thumbs is um, it's a miniseries, five issues long. And it's basically just taking or positing if uh, if someone like Mark Zuckerberg started to want to create his own army and he dropped off weapons and technology to underprivileged kids and use that to kind of train them and indoctrinate them into an army is the is the basic um but then it has a bunch of time jumps and things that happen along the way that kind of disrupt the narrative where we start to see the the beginning of it and then we get thrown into the kind of later stages of it i've seen some people compare it to uh, generation kill meets ready player one and as someone who's watched the movie ready player one and read ready player one it's so much better than ready player one <laughs> i'm glad to hear that i've never read ready player one or saw it which yeah, is always the night- <laughs> as a creator it's the nightmare is when you're it's like clearly this is influenced by ready player one and you're like ah, it's, yes. i thought of that in the panel when you were t- and i only saw part of the movie so i said oh wow that sounds like yeah ready player one is like if terminator and big bang theory had a baby <laughs> honestly <laughs> i mean honestly ready player honestly ready player one is only a good movie if you're in it for the references. Yeah, then it's like if you're one of those people that likes to sit in the movie theater or at home or whatever when you're watching a movie and you go, ah, I got that one. Like Ready Player One is the movie for you. That's the movie for it, Captain America. I understood that reference. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just like <laughs> uh, it's how many references can we shove into a single movie with really expensive CGI? And uh, I don't think it was necessarily a bad movie. It was average. It was average. It really, like, what shined for me was the amount of references. And I'm just like, wow, I'm really commer- committed to, like, this this nerd life because, like, I know all of these things. There's nothing that has escaped me. Even, like, the small little things they've sprinkled in there that they thought I was going to miss, I caught those because I'm yeah. that guy. But I'll agree the thumbs is, is, is way better. <clears throat> I think it deals with uh, something that we... We all talk about, but don't feel the gravity of, which is uh, the effect of technology and social media and social connections online and the internet in general on our daily life. Uh, Recently, there was an article that went out where this artist uh, photoshopped out phones from a bunch of pictures. And there's like the, the opening picture to the article is two people in bed uh, back to back looking at their hands where their phones should be somebody and said they should pho- photoshop out couches and <laughs> chairs and I'm like yes <laughs> no couches no phones fox only final destination <laughs> and so like you know like I think that thumbs really grasps um, many the, things the, that's the, appendi- well, that's, that's, that's uh, good course, that's very I'm good I'm sure you've never heard the end of that uh, I, uh, titles are not necessarily a forte of mine I, I, that's the only thing I'm good at. I can title stuff and then I'll never write it. Uh, title my memoirs. No, no. Wow. Not on the air. <laughs> we'll get that McDonald's sponsorship and then we'll talk. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Peter Melnick, better late than never. The Chris Jericho Oof. picture story. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that, um, I think that you know, uh, and I'm not being biased because you're my cousin or whatever. Like, I think that you, you've really mastered dialogue. No, I haven't. No, no, Sean. I'm talking to Sean. I'm talking to Sean. I think that you've, I think that. Um, cousin Sean, not Cousin Peter. A, your experience as a playwright and your experience in, in just in literature in general. Um, and I think your love of Greek mythology, because there's a lot of really great dialogue between, you know, between people in, in Greek mythology. And I think that all of that has kind of convalesced into really a mastery of dialogue. 
you say so much in so little. And I think that that's, you know, a lot to do with how you write the dialogue and also a lot to do with how Hayden um, or any artist that you choose because you have a keen eye for people that kind of pick up your vibe. Um, just like the, the facial expressions and the, and the motion in the panels, it's just like, you know, it, it's so immersive that it's actually scary. I have to reset my eyes every time I read a book of thumbs. Like I have to like be left alone when I'm reading thumbs. And then afterwards I need a couple minutes to like readjust my eyes because like there's this 3D style it's almost like a jaunt, like like Hayden probably like draws it and then like cop duplicates the layer and then like shifts it a little bit. I don't know how he does it, but like it f it it feels like you should be wearing 3D glasses while you're reading it. Um, I love it, the colors. And it's, oh my oh, god! Yeah, that magenta, that magenta in fuchsia is just like for some reason. You know what kind of reminds insane. me of? And it's not to me. It's not a bad thing. Like I love this idea. It reminds me of Virtual Boy. I don't know why. Like just that, like yeah. those colors. Like yeah. it's just or like the. I used to have this uh, this Luke Skywalker training program. It was like on this little handheld thing, and you played as Luke Skywalker. You were looking through a red screen at this screen, and everything was tinted red. It was made by Virtual, like that that same uh, company. I can't remember. Tiger. Tiger. Yes. Tiger. It was made by Tiger I Electronics. Yeah. RX. I think it was yeah. RX something. Yeah. And so like you were you would have to turn left and right to deflect lasers and then you would have to attack when the time was right and stuff like that. And it was all very just that same ethereal jaunt, just like this weird otherworldly color, but it was, it just screamed tech. And so like the same thing is in the panels there. And I think that that's like, it's, it's super intense for me personally, because like as somebody who is in the comic book industry, because I own a comic shop, like I'm not a creator by any means. I'm just a, a mass consumer. Josh and I read like 40 books a week when we have the time to. Mama so mia. Like, yeah, yeah. It's Here we go again. Every, tu every Tuesday, man, as soon as we check the comics in, we slap a, a, pa a, a big stack of comics in front of each other and we go, go to work. I mean, the past six months I've been cooking a fan fest, but like. Yeah. yeah. I'm really proud of it. Here we are, another podcast episode and another reference to ABBA. <laughs> I love Eddie's just <laughs> eye roll. That was like so good. Damn you, DJ. I can say anything and you'll find a song. You'll find a song. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Mia, here we go again. Boom! I made the ah. connection. All right, done. Well, Eddie, in the Next. interest of fairness, knowing me, knowing you, stop it. Another uh -huh. Alba reference. Yeah, it I can said also it. be it can also be an Alan Partridge reference for the show. So Alan Partridge, yes, a British Abba British think, TV show. Didn't Abba thank the LGBT community recently for the like? Abba just like came out and was just like, thanks to the LGBT community, we are making music again. <laughs> Whoa! Something like that. It was okay. some article, and I and I couldn't remember if it was the heart. Did they not know that that community existed for the last like twenty years? That's no. a very weird moment for them to be like, we're we're back. <laughs> we're oh, like. Well, they're saying that like I, I think that what the the I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline and immediately laughed until I closed Facebook <laughs> because like that's such a that's such an attention grabbing clickbait title. Mm. Abba thanks gay people for their music, and I'm just like, wait, what? Like, are you guys making music again? because the LGBT community popularized it. I don't understand what's hey. going on here. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how we got there. Fucking Abba, man. Well, <laughs> just say village people after that. So, I mean, what the heck? Yeah, that's fair. So, thumbs. Thumbs I up. I think that there's a lot of activity in the panels. <laughs> <laughs> I 
mean, um, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Hayden. I mean, it is a Marvel podcast, so I think like the thing that draws me about Hayden's work is like I think his ability of using motion and what he does with panels is kind of Kirby-esque. Like the thing that drew me when I first saw his work, like people mention his line work a lot because it has that kind of um, Frank Miller like sketchy vibe Ooh, to it. Yeah. But the thing that really drew me is when I first saw paneling in his portfolio that I was like, there's mo like, it feels like it's moving. Like there's, there's motion in this. There's an energy that's really alive, which I, I, I wasn't seeing as many artists that were doing that. The character you know? models and it kind of remind me of very much like an animated film, like, you know, a big budget animation, like, you know, a Disney Studio movie or Ghibli. yeah. Well, not Studio Ghibli for me, like more like a Disney Warner Brothers kind of feel to it. You know, that might be part of his background. I mean, his, he, his degree is from Rhode Island School of Design. It's primarily in storyboarding, animation, and illustration. So right. I think like that just naturally funnels into the work that he's making. And it's so solid. Like that's yes. the thing. Like he's also insanely fast. Yeah. Like the, the rate at which he's able to do like our book is a 60 page book. Like he's been working on that for, we've been working on that for almost two years now, but at the same time he's released, he has a monthly book with wasted space. He did a new, he did two new books in that time period over at aftershock. Like, He's constantly juggling like three or four 20 page monthly books. And tying back over, you know, to the Marvel connection, like Stan or Jack Kirby, that was what he would do. He would like pump out like how many pages a month? Which is insane. I mean, I was looking at a, at a YouTube, there, I found a documentary on Jack Kirby on YouTube and I was just getting, I was, I was going down a wormhole and started watching it and I didn't realize how much work he was putting out. Yeah. Like I knew, he, I, you know, I knew the basics of like, he created all these iconic characters along with Stan Lee that like you know, I, that we grew up and loved, but like the amount of monthly books he was doing at one time is insane. That's something that comes up over and over. I think in people who are getting into comics and don't realize that it started with a nexus, a, a short little amount of people doing and knocking out all this stuff, all this very different amounts of characters. And nowadays so much different that I don't know how limited, but just still a, a work, um, what do you call it? load or attachment uh, uh, ethic to that, that that it's progressed to this point now that you've got more people doing specialized things, let's say. And, Absolutely. You know, or doing a short, shorter like amount of work that they can do where it's like yeah. one artist working on a book for a year is like that's the only thing that they're going to be <laughs> able to draw. You know? and, and real quick, going over the topic again of uh, Jack Kirby, one thing I've noticed, I'm going through two different runs at the same time. The Stan and Jack Fantastic Four and Jack Kirby's Fourth World for like the 80th time to attempt to read this thing. Because like some people have told me, hey, give it a shot as like, you know, this reading order. So you read like, you know, the first three issues of Jimmy Olsen, then you get into new, uh, Forever People, which you'll probably forget, you know, after the next two issues of New Gods and then this and this. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what the hell I'm reading. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it like this. I'm going through the Jimmy Olsen and just straight up Jimmy Olsen. I'm, I've read, I think the first, it's like a 15 issue run. I'm, I've like downed like the first 12 issues and like speed read them. I'm going through Fantastic Four, going through the Epic Collections and they are so hard to read in the sense of there's so much dialogue on the page because of the mighty Marvel method of writing. Right. Where it's like, uh, Jack did his pages, wrote down, you know, like let's say this panel has the Fantastic Four and Alicia. So Stan looks at the page, he goes, all right, we're going to have a, a, a line for Mr. Fantastic. We should fight Dr. Doom. Okay, Human Torch needs a line. Yeah, Reed, you're right. Sue goes, oh, I love you, honey. Thing goes clobbering time. Yeah, Alicia's just going to make a fart noise. And then we're just going to do our thing. This is this panel. But, like, you look at Jack. Like, Jack doing Fourth World. 
they flow super fast. So like he realizes, well, Flipper Dipper really doesn't need to say anything in this panel. And uh, by the way, on the topic of Flipper Dipper, I've never been more annoyed than a character in my life. I'm going, like I said, going through this, and every single time there's water mentioned. Did somebody say water? This is Flipper Dipper's territory. Or did he's. God, he pisses me off. But anyway, <laughs> I just had to like get that grievance out. He's Two right. words, Glob Herman. He's just Glob? Like, You've never even read new X-Men. This is true. <laughs> I mean, Flipper Dipper. Flipper Dipper is just a meta Aquaman. Like He's an Aquaman that's aware that all he can do is water. And, but he has to make a pun about water. And that's, that's a guy who makes puns. Like, it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the way you're describing it, though, too, is that it's breaking the, the, the actual flow of language. That it's like... We have well, a story. We have a well. Yes, a story going. I mean, because I've tried to read through some of the new gods. Oh, it's and it's hard. It at actually the, at the same hard. time though, like the panel breakdowns that he does in New Gods and the splash pages are like unbelievable. Yeah, like the splash pages are like I've I've been working on a new project and so sending like sample pages to the artist and I've actually been using a lot of new gods because I'm like I've never seen a, a splash page like this at least not in 10 years yeah. and sending to him like there's some of them where like there's the action happening like the war is happening at center and then the rest of the splash page there's like seven different stories going on and I'm like if we could do this like really well and have the, like the trajectory of story combined through it I'm like this would be incredible to, to look at and read I mean it's just kind of stunning like looking at at what he's done. I mean, New Gods is hard to read. I was just reading. <laughs> la- I was just reading last night uh, some of Tom King's Mister Miracle because, like, everyone says you have to read it. You have to read it. Right. And I'm like, I'm going through it. I'm like, I think I breezed through the first five issues, and then I got to like the trial of Mister Miracle. I'm like, watching them with the veggie platter, which is like, I'm one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a comic. <laughs> like, just the the scene of having a veggie platter in there is so gonzo, but it works. But I was reading. I'm like. I feel like I would appreciate this much more if I read New God. So I stopped reading that and just and went blows back through, you know, breezed through uh, Jimmy Olsen. And now, like, I'm on my way to Forever People, which I'm excited for. Gotcha. So that's the end of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I just, I, I heard you mention Jimmy Olsen, and I just, like... He's got booze. <sighs> Dude, Spin doctors. Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane are two comics, honestly, that just really show you that Superman is not a good person. I like mean, every cover of Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane is just like, ah, I've tied you to the train tracks and I'm not going to save you. It's just like, dude, what? <laughs> I, You're Superman. That's I, literally like your thing. You're that's. I adore those covers for how like superdickery.com was like before they changed the website was like the greatest website ever. Dude, like it's just like I collect those covers because of that website. Action comics. Action comics is like when you see a couple on Facebook. And like Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane are like when you see the couple in real life and you're just like, oh, oh, that's how you get down. That okay. is perfect. That, that's a good <laughs> Dude, comparison. It's so bad. So bad. And like, yeah. I, what's your favorite uh, Jimmy Olsen cover? Because <laughs> believe okay. me, I actually have like three. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen getting married to a gorilla and Superman is the uh, jungle chieftain. That is the greatest cover ever made. Yeah, he's Dang. like marrying them. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy, as Jungle Chieftain, I now pronounce you Man and Gorilla. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a favorite cover. I don't know that Jimmy Olsen runs as well. Uh, they're <laughs> like so every, bonkers. Every, every issue is just Superman putting them in a predicament. He's like, literally the one putting them in the predicament. Yeah, or their their proximity to him is what is creating both. it. Both. It's both. Neil Adams did a cover for uh, that series of the Jimmy Olsen where. Uh, Superman is holding a pitcher of water 
and he says, well, Aquaman and Jimmy, one of you is going to have to race to get this uh, pitcher of water here in the desert, but only one of you can, and the other will die. Like something like that, just long... Con- Which, what period of time are these books coming out? Silver Age. Which makes perfect sense, because then you see also the checker box up top, because DC thought, well, the kids who love Marvel love uh, checkerboards, let's put checkerboards up. Now we're going to be Ska. <laughs> so it's just kind of, it's so crazy. I've never really thought of, I always just think of Superman as the ultimate, like, goody two-shoes, actually. Right. I've, I've been reading All-Star Superman of late, because Hayden told me to. Oh, it's so we, good. It's great, because we were talking about it, we were talking about superheroes, because I've been playing with a bunch of ideas in my head of stuff I want to do, and... He's a huge superhero fan. I was just like, you know, what should I look at? And he mentioned Superman. I was like, nah, I don't think that's going to be me. Like, You'd be surprised. No, I read All-Star Superman. I was like, this is fantastic. Because also it is so myth-based where like you're actually dealing with these characters and if the I can, If I can make a recommendation, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow by uh, Alan Moore, George Perez, and Kurt Swan. It is a straight-up masterpiece. And it's like the final Silver Age Superman story. And... It just, it works on so many levels. I'll, I'll have to look it up. I've and been looking, I mean, I've been, I'm happy for suggestions because I've been going back and reading. Most of my reading list of late has been much older books. I've been reading, like I said, like I've been reading the Walter Simonson Thor obsessively. If you have Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe, I cannot recommend either enough. But also be sure to support your local comic book shop like Haven for Heroes. Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> well, he also just told them that they should get their, their, their comics from an app. <laughs> so, uh, you, yeah, he's that guy. I like to see the positives. That's why I'm single. It's unfortunate there's not video here because the hangdog look on Peter the whole time since he mentioned the support of the comic book has been worth it. Just the whole like, I did say that out loud. I did. <laughs> and it's not the first time. So then I, I'm curious for you guys, because you guys are long time, like your you're, Marvel is like your love. Yeah. Yep. What are, what are the, tant- what are your tantamounts? Like, what are the things that it's like, that's the best, that's my favorite hero, or that's my, that's the book, that's the issue, that's jazz. the one. Jazz is the best mutant. You stop that. So Peter likes jazz. <laughs> Although now that's going to be our, that's, now that's going to be our mutant Monday, by the way, for a future edition. Okay. Before we Sounds retitle good. that series. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, that's right. We have <laughs> six... For those of you who are listening uh, who don't know who Jazz is, he is the X-Men with the most intense power. He's an Omega-level mutant. He's not. He, his power is that he's blue skin. That's it. That's it. And so they named him Jazz because blue and jazz go together, I guess. But uh, dabba dee dabba die. In the music <laughs> field, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Blues, jazz, uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Stop that. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> it's who I am. Ah, uh, man. What but... My, in terms of characters, honestly, it's a cliche answer, but Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man is... We're just, like, work in general, I think, is what you were specifically... Inter- yes, well, hearing Spider-Man is cool, because what's interesting to me is, like, even as we're talking about this, right, like, Kirby has multiple trajectories, right, and different collaborators who bring out a different thing in Kirby. So, like, it's always interesting hearing from other people, too, of, like, especially big comic book fans, like, Spider-Man has multiple trajectories, so, like, what's the era of Spider-Man that is, like, that, I love Spider-Man, he's my favorite, this is the one. So... I will always go with what got me back in. And I've mentioned this on like different episodes and the guy is also just my go-to. Like he's been my bucket list guy to get for an interview and just to speak with, but Dan Slott's run. Some fanboys love him. Some fanboys hate him. Like he's the devil. Like, you know how Bendis gets it. And I love Bendis. Right. So it's whatever. But with Dan, Dan was what got me back in. He was that entry level drug for me where I'm just like, 
put it in my veins. Gotcha. And, you know, like I'll always go with when I saw that one cover, it was, I believe, Road to Spider Island, where you see Spider-Man. And I think this is like the third episode in a row I've mentioned this. Yeah, you did. Well, I and mentioned hanging the off panel. the marquee, the letters of Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. He's and he's holding the letter A. a as he falls to his doom. And I'm like, that's so great. Ah. <laughs> but it's like that whole run is just so damn solid. Then you end up going into Superior, where, you know, the die is cast. And... <laughs> God, I wish this was a visual podcast because Doug's look was priceless. Dude, every time, every time this this thing comes up, the same line, every same single line. time, the die is cast. All right, Octavius, chill. Well, I mean, what about Doom Richards? <laughs> My favorite thing, I recently read uh, Ziggy Pig and Silly Seal uh, for the Marvel 80th. They had like a one shot of that. And there's, here's Doom's shrine devoted to Ziggy Pig and Silly Seal. And it's actually, he pulls a curtain back and it's nothing but everybody he's killed. And like, there's like, uh, the nurse who tried to give Doom a shot once, period, once. Or, and then he's got like these uh, hunting, uh, like where, you know, the taxidermied heads are supposed to be and like the little uh, plaque. Yeah. And it's the Fantastic Four and it says, Sue Storm, Ben the Thing Grim, Johnny Storm. Richards. <laughs> and then there's also one, it's a butt, and it says, a butt. So there's a butt. But just that... Of all the thing, of all the people that Doom's killed, of all the, of all the people that Doom's killed, like, really? Like, the, that's how they did a it? A butt? He, he ripped Thanos' spine out of his body. I mean, he was Doom God, but, like, or God Doom or whatever, but, like... Emperor God Doom. Emperor God Doom. Yeah. I mean, Doom's probably one of my favorite villains. But like, I think he's the best. He gets clowned on a lot. And I think that MF Doom is doing a great job, you know, fulfilling his image. You know, like, eh, he's a true villain. He's a true villain. But yeah, but like, I, you know, with digressions and all, Dan Slot, Spidey. Spider-Man. You? Um, yeah, no, in, in response to your question, Sean, I have to apologize because I have such an inordinate amount of catching up to do that I can't give you something more recent than of when I did read in the 80s and into the early 90s. Yeah, that's, but I, I'm my, talking about Walter Simonson. <laughs> well, over here. I mean, yeah, no, that's that's a run that I need to get into as well. And I have, yeah, the, the Beta Ray that I happen to get signed by Walt. That was like my first Eddie, meeting Eddie, of him Eddie. in a Thor costume. <laughs> but Spider-Man would be my go-to, my first guy. And, and in particular, something that comes to mind, I guess Bashima is, yeah. is his time. And I think of issue number 200 where he confronts the Burke. Um, yeah, would be the issue number 200 where he confronts the burglar from the very beginning. Again, that kind of thing. That was, I think, a, a landmark issue the for me. Frosted tips? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> On the talk. You saw the Spider-Man movie? He had frosted tips. That guy's hair was frosted tips. Was he a part of Sugar Ray? <laughs> Probably. He looked like. It. I mean, the, are, am I crazy? Is this no, I know exactly, exactly what you're, you're talking about. Have you seen the Avia Rod Spider Man? You mean the same yes. Raimi? Sam Raimi, yeah. Yeah. They're bad. They're bad. By the way, I never noticed, though. You will get so many fanboys mad at you for that (laughs) because the Raimi fans uh, invaded our Twitter page recently. They're they're bad films. We did a tweet where it was um, Would you want to see Tom Holland play the. Or not Tom Holland. Would you want to see. Tobey Maguire play Spider-Man one more time. And, you know, not just like, you know, a Spider-Verse movie, maybe like somehow they make Spider-Man 4, but like in confuse the general movie going public, of course. <laughs> but wait, three, where's three? Why is he old now? Why is he 50? <laughs> but it's like, you know, whatever. But the idea of Tobey coming back and a lot of people voted no. And then the Raimi meme subreddit came along from Reddit where they go, we need to fix this. And there was like 500 something votes. There was like plenty of shit posts and I'm just like 
hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like a lot of like Raimi meme quotes. Like you see, oh boy, yeah. Because those were quotes in a movie uh, by a Hollywood production company. One of my favorite things to do is to hijack people's smart TVs at parties when they have YouTube up. Because they'll usually just like put on like a, like a 24 hour radio station or something like that. And I will hijack it by connecting to it and play pizza time. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. 10 hours. <laughs> 10 hours of like the pizza time From YouTube poop. Like the, the, cut <laughs> where, the cut where he kills Uncle Ben. Where he's like, pizza time. And Uncle Ben's like, no, Peter. And, he's, and then you just hear a gunshot. And then, and then Ben is just like clutching. Like it's, Please message me this. I want I'm going to send you the link. But every single time I'm at a party. So that's like, if you're listening to this and you ever invite you know, me to your party... <laughs> Expect pizza. Good chance time. now. <laughs> really good chance now. Went up a hundred percent. And it, it's funny that like that and like the prequels of Star Wars like blew up as meme material. By the way, I realize we're going on like so many different tangents today. All right. But God, like it's because Doug, how old are you? Like you're. Uh, I just turned twenty nine. Happy birthday to me. Okay, I thought you were much younger. I thought you were, like maybe oh, like twenty four. Wow. I don't know. Uh, I just act like it. But like. Also, the ones that are, you know, like born in like the uh, late 2000s or late uh, 90s, early 2000s, they cling to the Spider-Man Raimi movies and the Star Wars prequels. And like, what they grew up with. It's that, but also like they either ironically love them or they genuinely love them. It's either or. Well, I just I don't. I still remember. I grew up with the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. So oh, man. So like things have changed a lot. <laughs> Real talk. Then they found the perfect Punisher and then they canceled the show. Real talk though, I love the Lundgren Punisher. Like <laughs> we talked about it on the show. Like we both were like, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> but Thomas Jane, I thought was better. What? I, why didn't like Dolph? What he could ride a full, his motorcycle in the sewers or whatever? And we needed to see some uh, Dolph Punisher Gluteus Maximus I'll or whatever. Have you know? Wait, he was riding a motorcycle in the in the thing, right? In the sewers? In the sewers, yeah. Yeah, he was getting ready for the speeder bike level in Battletoads, okay? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And they just could never finish that scene. Oh they just God. kept having to redo it and redo it and redo it, and they just said, screw it. Oh, man. I didn't know there were sewers big enough to accommodate, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I didn't, like, uh, up until recently, I didn't even know that, up until recently, I didn't even know that clowns could fit in sewers. So, like, a whole bike yeah. and Dolph Lundgren, he's a big dude. Yes, sir. They had to find a motorcycle large enough to make Dolph Lundgren look normal size. Wait, you didn't know these things fit in sewers? Like how Until big, this came along. Like <laughs> sewers take care of like, all, like what do you think went through sewers? Like, oh. all right, so like every movie that shows... Everyone's. Well, well, yes. Thing, that like every movie <laughs> that shows sewers... No, it's singular poo. Well, that's the thing is that like I've seen sewer outlets. I've seen sewer outlets, right? And so like in all of these movies, they always show people like riding or running or like battles happening in sewers. And they always show it like this giant fucking atrium. Hey, Eddie, remember not- when we interviewed Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> what about... <laughs> What? What? Am I I, I, I on the same wavelength as Mark Ruffalo right now? I think we are now. (laughs) What happened? Mark Ruffalo, if you're listening, which I know you're not. What just uh, happened? Because it's me. Uh, Hey, let's hang out sometime, man. I'm only like 20 minutes away from you. Like, what's up? This is digressed quickly. (laughs) It's turned into me asking Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, basically. (laughs) He made a a uh, thing with levers and pulleys to throw saltines at himself. I have to show you that later. It's like some uh, clickhole video. It's like a fake thing of Mark Ruffalo on what he's currently working on. I'm working, <laughs> I'm working on a series of pulleys and levers to throw saltines ten feet within my mouth. 
it's pretty good. So like, what's uh, wow. what's something you're working on that you haven't really talked about but you can? Um, well, Caitlin, I did a book um, the last two years called Coyotes with this artist Caitlin Yarsky, who I love. I was hoping you'd say something like, "I made a really good thing for dinner last night." <laughs> <laughs> no, this is better. I don't know. I mean, it's we're giving do- him sustenance. Yeah, we're doing we're doing a new book called Bliss together. That the art that she's done for it so far has been like I've unbelievable. Seen, I follow like, her on social media. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's been the thing with working with people like Caden and Caitlin. Like both of them weren't from comic books originally, and then seeing how they're growing within the medium since they've been in is kind of amazing. Like with Caitlin, I look at it and I'm just like, I don't know what her limit is. Like she's improved so much from coyotes to bliss that I'm like, where she's going to go next is I, I don't really, I can't, it's hard for me to conceive. I remember, uh, I remember seeing a social media post cause I follow her on Instagram and I think we're, I think we're Facebook friends. I don't know. But, uh, where she showed a couple of drawings and then she also showed like the work in progress and there's Work one in scene progress. where there's like, oh, there's so many people in this picture. I did her no favors, honestly. There's a bunch of like large courtroom scenes where like the entire like city shows up at the courtroom. So there's like literally like 600 faces. She draws every single <laughs> face. And yes, yes, she does. I, I saw the thing where she's like, how do I put all of these faces in this picture? And then the next social media post was, I put all of the faces in the picture. And I'm like, not only did you do that, but like, like a lot of comic artists take like the lazy way out where they're just like, I'm going to make this little Z motion. And you know that that's an eyebrow, a nose and a mouth. Yay. One thing I've been seeing lately in some artists and like, I don't mean to slam them. I don't mind that like minimalism, but sometimes I'll just see like a face and then two dots for eyes (laughs) and a flat line for a mouth. And I'm just like, it's It's mostly in DC. I'm not, I've seen there, I've seen at Marvel, I've seen in a lot of places. Part of that I think is deadline, is that people get caught on deadline or trying to fill in. I is, mean, it, is it trying also to be cutesy stylized or something? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a level of like deadlines coming and I have to have a solution so I might, yeah. so I will stylize the panel versus like, I mean, I know with Kate, like Kate, Kate herself would say like she would not be able to do a true monthly book. Like, cause she also does everything on, um, photo reference. So like every picture, everything she's doing is a photograph that she's taken with models, you know, which if you were doing a monthly book that way would be completely insane. Does she still work with, um, the surface studio? Um, I don't know. Was that a video game? One of the know, animation know. places she was no, at? No, it's a tablet. No, 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 no. Oh, yes. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's got a giant... That I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah, so like... That travel tablet she has, it's massive. Yeah, like Microsoft has the Surface Pro. That's what I was thinking of, actually. The Surface Pro is like your typical size one. A lot of tattoo artists use it. It's like, if you don't want an iPad, you get a Surface Pro. But like, from what I'm hearing, the Surface Studio is like a tabletop. It's huge. It's like half... It's like half of this table, and it has its own stand. Because we did, we did a, we did a signing tour that we had to take buses, and I sat next to her the whole time. And she, she was drawing the entire time we were traveling from places. So I had half of this thing like on my lap throughout. You should have just started putting little stick figures. No, she was drawing our book. I was like, this is fine. Oh wait, wait, stick figures in the style of Tom, the legendary artist Tom King. I love Tom King for doing those. Like I watched him draw Two Face, and like half of the face was big. I was like, you're, you're genius. <laughs> like I, I'm playing.
planning on getting him to draw for me like just something on a Batman variant cover for me when I see him at Comic Con. My favorite thing also that he does is when you have him sign the uh, Batman Elmer Fudd book, he draws on Batman. Like he'll draw like you know like on the shadow, like he'll draw a little sad, sad face. I'm like, oh, you are great. <laughs> I'll I'll show you a picture of it later. It's so good. But oh, also on top of that, so, tell us more about Bliss because like we started talking about Bliss. I mean, sure, it's not going to come out. We don't even have a publisher for it yet, so, I mean, it's going to be a little while before it comes out. Would you like us to publish it for you? Marvelous do Press. It. Let's do it. I, I'm, I'm, yes. <laughs> I, have a, I have a copy machine at my job. Perfect. When, when they're not looking. Let's do it now. We need some NDAs going before we finish this conversation. You know, we, me and Caitlin got into a talk about, like, things in the world that we're, like, we're fascinated by or, like, bothered by. I, we both started talking about the idea of... Um, like collective memory and or collective amnesia. So things that like a society will just as a group decide to not think about so they can go on with their daily life. A lot of my work has to do with forgiveness. We grew up with the same family, Irish Catholic. So I think like concepts of forgiveness and how we move past things and how does a society come back together is like always something, even if I don't want to be writing about that ends up in things. So Kayla and I were just talking about like how online and in real life people just seem really angry and how like pasts come up and are like destroying people constantly. And like, is there, is there a magnitude or an ability for forgiveness anymore? And so the book kind of came out of like that we started talking about that and then we started talking about well, well what do you do with people who do horrible things and why are they able to do horrible things and like how can you live in a society where people don't care about each other anymore and so we were just like oh like it just started at a really dumb level it was like what if there was like something in the water that was making people forget which then i'm a myth guy so i started going like well that exists in myths that's that's Exactly. So we started working from there and going like, oh, if we were from River River Leth, like if that was the water, but it was getting into a place like New York City, like what would that mean to the populace of that city? So the the basic run of that book is that like we're following a, a, a poor couple who are who have a sick child and are trying to take care of them. And the dad who's been, you know, ingesting water and is look, looking for ways to make money starts doing more and more dangerous things. And most of the book is a little bit like the social network is it's we start at a courtroom where his son is pleading his case, is pleading his dad's case and going like, my dad was not a horrible human being and I'm gonna explain to you everything that happened and then through flashbacks and other things, we we jump back in time to like watch all the events that unfolded. But I mean, a lot of the stuff that I write starts from that larger, this kind of larger question, like something that really bothers me or I can't wrap my head around and going like, okay, in, in, a, in a mythical form, what would that, in a mythical or a, or a Philip K. Dick kind of sci-fi world, like what would be the answer to that? I mean, thumb, thumbs was the same thing. It was just kind of looking at like with, with the degree, but basically I was looking at Bezos and Amazon coming to New York city and the idea of them, um, they wanted to donate a bunch of money into the schools, which seemed like a really good thing, but also like the computers and, and like training systems that they were going to put into the schools were going to be Amazon based. Mm-hmm. And so I started going like, Oh, what does it mean if private sector starts to move into public school? Like, how does that operate? Um, and it made me ask more questions about people like Zuckerberg and Facebook and privacy and, and just thinking about like, you know, where technology makes my life. I can't have the career I have without technology, right? I got to email my stuff to my artists and back and forth. But at what level is the technology become this kind of Pandora box that we don't know how to close? Right. Um, so, the, yeah. So it's always kind of operating out of that is like this larger. 
I wish I could just write like simpler things like that I wouldn't think about the things so much. <laughs> um, but it just hasn't been what I've done um, as I think it's partially like why I'm really interested in, in superheroes. Like I've been reading lots of superheroes and I'm, I'm interested in writing them um, partially because I miss the simplicity of myth that I grew up with and and some of the books that I grow up reading that I'm like, I do miss Claremont. Like I miss... You know, there's this, I, I think, I think you actually said it to me on Twitter because I couldn't remember the issue. Like I missed the issue of where Colossus and Juggernaut get in a fist fight at a bar because oh, he I broke up with Kitty Pryde. Like it's <sighs> like, if it, like it's the, it's the comic book issue out of everything I've read in my whole life that stays with me the most where I remember the story and the structure and I remember panels where I'm just like, that story alone is like, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to write, I'd like to get down to that level of simplicity with something. It sounds like a bad joke, like Colossus and... Colossus and Juggernaut are in a bar. What about Colossus and Colossus and Colossus, Colossus and Colossus? Colossus and Colossus. Anyway, Wolverine like is wants he to, instigates. He, he instigates. He wants to beat up, basically beat up Peter for breaking up with Kitty the way he does, and then he sees Juggernaut there, and he's like, Ah, this will do the same thing. This will be pen- <laughs> this will be <laughs> and, It's so great. And look at them now. Look at Astonishing X Men when Peter and Kitty Pryde are back together, and he makes her phase through the floor. Nobody remembers that issue? Nobody? Just me? I never read Astonishing. Was that the fairly recent run? Uh, Astonishing was like from like the like the early 2000s. Because I'm thinking of... 03 to like 07, somewhere in that that gap. But like, uh, I I just remember there's a panel where like nobody's speaking. It's just a bunch of the kids in the living room of of the, you know, the mansion. Mm. And Kitty Pride comes naked with a blanket through the ceiling and lands on the floor. And all you see is... Her yelling, Piotr, 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 as she's going upstairs, you made me phase. And I'm just like, oh, I get it. They did the thing. I just figured out what sex is. Like, like. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We learn things here on The Marvelists. Yes, we do. Apparently, you can make a woman phase through the, the, the top floor of a building and land into your living room. Oh, intercourse. <laughs> okay, gotcha. We gotta make sure this gets played at Thanksgiving. <laughs> we don't do Thanksgiving anymore. That's, true. that's been the black sheep. <laughs> bah and so it's forth. A, yeah, it's like it's a, it's a Thanksgiving. It's like, oh Sean, what are you up to? Oh, you know, just uh you know, my play's doing really well and I'm writing this comic book and uh you know things are great. Doug, what are you up to? Well uh, I haven't set anything on fire recently. <laughs> Is good. That's a good thing. No tinfoil in the that microwave. I'm happy for thing. you. <laughs> I think we're getting kicked out. Yeah, we're, yeah, they're, they're, they're shutting the lights off. On so we're going to wrap this episode up. But Sean, Doug, it was an absolute pleasure having you on again and you on for the first time. Thanks for having me. In that order. Uh, thanks for uh, having me again. And we're going to have you on again, I believe. We're going to try and set something up for New York Comic Con. This oh, is sure. being recorded right beforehand, and this will probably air after New York Comic Con. But these timelines are so confusing. But how can people get a hold of you both on social media? Easiest one for me is Twitter. It's just at Sean Chris Lewis. Um, easiest one for me is probably Instagram, and it's just at Douglas Von Doom. Douglas. 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 It's just Douglas Von Doom. God damn it, Sean. <laughs> Eddie? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm still here. Thank you. Damn right. You're still standing. Delta John. (laughs) Anyway, so once again, gentlemen, let's kill the Batman. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. Sean Lewis. Doug Garnum. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. Enough said, true believers. No, it isn't.